live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on another week's. It is July 24th, 2023, Monday morning at 6.08. And we start out your morning with the... Uh, with 72 degrees and the uh, prelude to the return to summer, the return to summer heat. We'll tell you a little bit more about that here in just a second. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hot one. That seems like a lot of other parts of the world have been getting, we've been avoiding over the course of the last week plus. So got that uh, good show coming up though uh, for you today. Have our sound off here in about a half hour. From right now, uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll count down the five things you're going to be talking about today with the morning drive. Uh, Tim Roos is going to join us as a guest, as is Mike Schaefer, and uh, that'll all be during the 8 o'clock hour as well. And uh, one more week without Caleb, as he is uh, on uh, on vacation still. He's back from his fishing trip, um, but uh, getting getting some more time in, some R&R in before he gets back for the long haul of the fall. And so we got Johnny Cadillac in the studio with us and then mark vale uh in the klin newsroom as per the usual mark uh, i see according to the national weather service we got another spritzing of <laughs> three hundredths of an inch yeah the old fa- I'm, I'm gonna tell you I, what i know we got more than that in southeast lake did we i, 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 I just got the airport one. numbers but yeah, that's all i've got but uh it is uh we are we are going to set a record for individual rains of three hundredths of an inch this year yeah. that much i can tell you and a couple of splatterings of just a hundredth of an inch yeah that's always that's always yeah, good the, the, I, got, I got nothing i mean we got plenty of rain lately so i can't complain about that anymore but it just is funny that number has come up so frequently it does look you can i, I was driving in about a half hour ago and still plenty of lightning out there in the sky to our uh to our east and north but radar looks like uh, looks like stuff has passed through now. Yeah, mostly to the area. south and east of us now. Nebraska City and okay. south is is where the heaviest is. Still uh, some showers around Omaha, but they're very light and moving out. So. Okay. Um, yeah, but even <laughs> though I, I believe we are in a watch until nine a.m. But like I said, you you kind of look at radar and you can see that the the big glob is, has gone on to the uh, going into southern Iowa and into Missouri right now and moving to the south southeast at this point. There's just some scattered showers just to the north of York and Seward, but they're very very light and probably yeah. are going to dissipate. So, and but, I don't but think that, <laughs> that warm front. Yeah. <laughs> Right now, through Grand Island, headed this way. Okay, um, and yeah, it, it's this is not going to be one of those deals where a little rain in the morning cools things off. Uh, it will instead lead us into uh, humidity. An, uh, yeah, it, hotter, more humid day here today. Today we're looking at a ninety-six degree high, um, and uh, after that, still ninety-six Tuesday. I think Wednesday and Thursday, uh, Mark, are the days that are going to be really, uh, really nasty in terms of the heat. Right now, Weather Service is saying high on 99 on Wednesday, high of 100 on Thursday. But it's going to be those types of days where you got enough humidity that that heat index gets pretty darn high. 105 to 110 is probably where we're going to end up in the heat index All right. by Wednesday and into Thursday. 
So some some gaudy numbers there. Uh, a little bit, slight little bit of relief for uh, Friday and uh, Saturday as we get into the weekend. And Sunday it'll be back. To, well, I see Saturday now says high of 97. So maybe not that much. Uh, it depends which forecast that you're looking at. So yeah, it is. Uh, it's heat wave. It's summer weather. It's it's uh, you know something we've kind of been spared from here so far this year, but something we typically have at some point during the course of the summer, and uh, that's what we got here at least for the for the next week plus going forward uh all right a lot of things to get to here today mark but um as often seems to be the case we shut the mics off at nine o'clock on friday uh we get all of our commentary done on the things that happen in the news and then during that uh during a a very short period of time happens after we shut the mics off and something happens that we probably would have wanted to talk about but we don't have another show for three days and that happened on friday as the surprise resignation of lincoln police chief Teresa ewens uh was was um the news broke on that friday morning and just coincidentally about 30 minutes after the friday morning media briefing ended really interesting at, at law enforcement so there's a lot of interesting timing to this to be honest yeah um and and i don't have i'm i'm hoping later in the week we are going to have a little bit more uh information on exactly what happened why it happened um exactly who made the decision those sorts of things uh it's it's a real small amount of information Right now, essentially, Mark, the the information that you've got is that um, it's being reported as a resignation. It's described by the city as a resignation, correct? Correct. It's being described by the city as a resignation. Um, both the police chief and the mayor put out statements that, you know, kind of did the whole, hey, proud of what we did here. Um, it was a good tenure, kind of those sorts of things. So they put out statements to make it, you know, at least, at least make it appear uh, that, you know, there's, you know, no ill will or anything going on like that with those statements that put out Friday. But of course, when something like this happens, there are going to be all kinds of questions uh, about, about why, why the resignation now. Um, especially because it was a busy news week with the police and yes, discussions about them, and nothing indicated you were on the verge of something like this happening. It's been a very, you know, it's been a relatively short tenure that she's had here, right? It's, it'd be one thing if she had been 15 years here, right? Right. <laughs> or, or something like that, but it's been, what, two? A little over Just two? A little under two. A little under two. A little under two that she's been here, and so... The obvious response, the not surprising response from a lot of people is, okay, why, what's the story behind this whole thing? And we, and we just don't know. And I think there are probably some questions, too, that people have that are saying, okay, is this a true resignation? Is it a true one-sided resignation? Or is it, you know, even though it wasn't publicly described this way, was it something that was more mutual uh, or not mutual even? In that case, so those are you know we only we only know what we know and we only know what was said, but but I think it's pretty clear that the way that it went down, the timing with which it went down, those questions are are going to be asked. Um, they are going to be asked, and I don't know whether you're going to get the the 
absolute truth. I don't know either. No, I I think that they're probably going to just stick with what they've had. We reached the newsroom, reached out to both the mayor and to former Chief Ewens on Friday. Mm -hmm. Neither one would uh, uh, respond. Uh, We never did get hold of uh, the former Chief Ewens. Uh, but the mayor's office said they were would, were standing uh, with the release with a statement in the news release. Okay, and and would have no further comment. So yeah, so maybe there may be no there may be no further comment out of this whole thing. And, and you know what that'll mean is that the rumor mill will oh, go into high gear. It's and, already, it's already in whoopee gear, and and you'll have you know people who are close to the situation or or think they're close to the situation in one situation or the other um that are going to be giving you theories and uh will be will be getting those we tend to get those in, in the community but but that's that's kind of the vacuum beyond a little bit of of information but again the way that the the statement read it simply said that the mayor accepted a notice of resignation effective immediately and then there's a paragraph of the mayor you know, praising Ewens for the time uh, that she spent here. Um, she They worked to deliver the high level of public safety uh, that we have here in Lincoln. I thank her for her service. Um, talked about adding officers, um, negotiating a labor contract, uh, opened the new Northeast, Northeast Tame Station. So it's kind of going through the accomplishments there. Um, talk about Talking about then appointing Assistant Chief Mishan Morrow there. And, you know, that's that's all that's all there really is there. And it included a statement from the former chief. And she says, after 29 years in law enforcement, I can say as a police organization, Lincoln Police Department is one of the best. Your hard work and dedication to this community is evident. And I felt and felt every day I'll always value each and every one of you. Um, And so. You know, she did. She didn't say. I mean, her the statement said nothing other than positive things about LPD. Didn't say anything about any reason well, or I'm, shine any more light on why the decision, why then. I'm sure that it, given the suddenness of this, that they both sides had agreed to non disparagement. It would be, yeah. I guess, yeah. So anyway, I've got some more. Um, I mean, I we I've got some more things on that that I want to talk a little bit about. Um, and so I'll do that at seven ten this yeah, morning. Right. But you, I got a text from from you earlier, and you know, just I don't don't know if this is connected. Don't know, you know. I don't, I don't but know either. But you noted that you got some information. Not you, but the the media got some information on a weekend crime d- that just wouldn't have been typical Correct. over the last few months that you had gotten. Correct. The uh, public information officer uh, had put out a news release on a, a robbery and arrest of two people. And unless one was able to reach duty command on a, in the course of a normal weekend news call, we would not have gotten that until the next briefing. So, so that, you, that, that came in a form of an email Saturday afternoon, which is highly unlikely given the... Uh, unusual. Yeah, yeah uh, highly uh, unusual. unusual. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm, I stand corrected. Yes. Given the uh, way things have, have rolled forward since... Uh, the PIO was hired. So that also, <laughs> again, just adds more questions to this whole thing, or it may be irrelevant, but right. it but it is interesting that you would have, uh, at least from the media's perspective, something that looks like at least a slightly different policy um, than there might have used to be in terms of reporting some of these weekend things. 
Uh, and you've got, and there's a story. We got a story on this now too. So yes. yeah, that you normally typically wouldn't. And, have, and I posted that on what Tuesday, um, Saturday afternoon. So. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, I think that's that's what we've got on the, anything else, Mark, uh, on that that we should mention. Uh, well, it'll be interesting. Uh, we have one of the three scheduled media briefings this morning, nine thirty. Right. That's uh, right. Tom Stanton will be there. It'll be interesting to see if Acting Chief uh, Morrow is there. Yeah. Um, she's got uh, praised quite highly by former Chief Jeff Blymeister, She's uh, a longtime member of LPD. 1995 is when she joined the force. Uh, highly regarded from everything that I've been able to um, tell from especially rank and file. Yeah. And has been serving in an administrative capacity under Chief Ewens for some time now. So. Uh, we'll see where this goes, but I would surmise, purely a guess, that the acting chief will be at the media briefing. We'll hear from her this morning. Uh, any chance she says that there's going to be five media briefings this week? Um, at this point. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, right. that, that would be a step in the right direction as far as the media is concerned. Yeah, right. Well, it would, it would maybe. It'd be, it'd be interesting. I, I'm not. Yeah. I kind of doubt that's going to happen, but. Um, but you do wonder a little bit, um, Otherwise, just because like I said, there's a vacuum of, there's a vacuum. People are interested. People are, I mean, all you gotta do is go back to the last election is, is people are interested in what's going on within the police department. Rightfully so it's their community, right? It's, right. it's their community and that it is public safety and it is the ultimate, um, it is a, a you know, the, the, one of the major, obviously agencies dealing with public safety in this community. And so. Um, and I mean, I think that's kind of what what people were getting to when they were talking about some of the transparency issues prior to to the decision to do this. So. It'll be interesting to see uh, how the interagency uh, uh, rhetoric or however environment uh, goes under uh, uh, yes. tomorrow, mm-hmm. because uh, you know there are three public safety agencies that basically work together on a lot of this stuff, and and, right. and having that interagency cooperation is. And about to making uh, the community and the county that much safer. Right. So. Well, I have some more thoughts on this we'll get to here a little bit later during the show. Uh, but we uh, we kind of we roll on. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out, I saw some of the um, the reports. The uh, LPS held a tour for people who wanted to see Standing Bear High School. Yeah. I- and... Uh, uh, I had a chance to to see some. I, I wasn't there, but I saw some of the some of the pictures and and some of the reports about that, which I thought were were very interesting. Now, if if you've been to Lincoln Northwest, that was open last year. You've kind of been to Standing Bear because they are constructed basically as twin schools. That's sort of like North Star and Southwest. Yes, exactly. It's it's sort. It is sort of like that. Um, but it, you know, it looks, it looks nice. I, just, I mean, it looks how, nice. How, just how do you get there? That's, my that's, th- that is still the most interesting, interesting question. And I guess, I guess this is true of Northwest a little bit in that it's just so far kind of on the outskirts of the city that, uh, but, but there's less, there's mu- there's much less around Standing Bear than there is Northwest. You don't have to go as far from Northwest. Right to get to whether it be some residential areas or some commercial areas or if kids are leaving and going out to lunch, for instance, yeah. right? Which I don't know what the rules are about that nowadays, but um, 
like a standing bear. I don't know. You got you're going to run out of your lunch hour before you get to any restaurants in that area, unless you're driving up to like the Firth Cafe or something. I'm not sure. I don't even know if that thing's still open. Um, but that's that was that was kind of and they're starting with a really. It's a small number. I heard three hundred. Yeah, about three hundred. About. 200-some freshmen, I don't have the number in front of me now, and then fewer than 100 sophomores um, that that they're going to get going, where I believe Northwest started with juniors, so they had a little bit of a bigger population when they got started, but so it'll be a... It'll be a really unique feel there for those students getting going. It's going to be one of those deals which you don't really have at LPS anymore, where you kind of know everybody in your class, right? Well, I I mean tell you if you drive through that part of the city from nebraska parkway south from about 40th to well 91st and beyond the number of houses and apartments that are going up will just boggle your mind yeah it's almost (laughs) to the point of of meeting the number of roundabouts on yankee hill (laughs) yes yeah there it's not gonna feel like it's not gonna feel like it's out in the middle of nowhere for long no right i mean i think and that's the point so it it makes all the sense in the world and that's not a critique but it's just gonna be a while it's gonna be a little bit where it's out there it it, you know it's it's kind of out there cow and if i if i had a kid out there i would be like okay do not do not go out there and drive on a on a uh, what's it? What's the what's the road called now? God, what a brain fart! I am having a harder time in my life than ever coming up with words that I can't think of. The South Beltway? No, uh, <laughs> the old one. Oh, or Nebraska Parkway? No, Saltillo. Yes, Saltillo. The points ruined now because I can't think of words. Which, anyway. by the way, is being resurfaced from 14th to 27th weather yes, permitting starting that. today. And that's going to be a pilot car situation. That's not going to be a fun one. One lane only. Uh oh! You gotta wait till okay. Gotta you wait. gotta wait till they come flagged. through, and then they go through again. Yep. All right, be aware if you're on Saltillo this morning. All right, uh, got, no no winner mega millions. No winner mega millions. So that gets up. We're getting close to a billion on that one now. Twenty and uh, the bird's gone. Bird? Which bird? Oh, Twitter. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We will talk about that in the sound off coming up next. All right, I have sports after this. You are listening to LNK today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Bringing you the news that shapes your world. The topics that matter to me. 1499.3 KLIN. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. 636 this July 24th, 2023. We've got 71 degrees in the capital city. Rain has now passed and... And uh, we are just getting ready for those hot, humid temperatures to roll in today and really for the uh, the vast majority of the week. 96, 96, 96, 99, 97, 92. These are the numbers that we're looking at this week. So 
Anyway, uh, be ready. Nice, Good week for a trip to the pool. Cool off a little bit. I may have to do that myself here coming up the next few days. All right. Uh, we got a lot in the sound off to jump into, so why don't we do that? Uh, spotlight a couple of things first that are going to be happening in Washington, D.C. that will be making news this week. Let's start first with the Federal Reserve. God, it seems like they just met, didn't it? They still made that decision not to raise interest rates for that one time. Well, that might be uh, that might just be a one-time deal as they're going to be getting back together and making that decision again this week. The Federal Reserve is expected to raise its benchmark interest rate by a quarter of a point at its next meeting this week to a range of 5 to 5.5%. The Fed wants to get U.S. inflation back down to its target of 2%, though economists are split on whether raising interest rates will help or hurt, detailing how changes will impact mortgages, credit cards, and car loans. The Federal Reserve also making headlines for launching its long-awaited FedNow instant payments service, which aims to allow Americans to send and receive money in real time. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. All right, so since March 2022, that's when this all got started. Central Bank has hiked that rate 10 times, so it's a targeted rate of 5 to 5.25%. That's the fastest pace that they've raised that thing since the uh, early 1980s. And so they're likely going to raise it again by a quarter of a point at the conclusion of that and some of the numbers on inflation have uh, uh, improved but bottom line is it still is well above the target for the fed which is around two percent at this point and so you know again any action is going any action to, to raise rates will correspond with a hike in the prime rate that pushes financing costs higher for consumer loans uh credit card obviously rates adjustable rate mortgages car loans, student loans, yes, uh, savings account, too, on that one. It might get some good news on that one, but um, probably not any. You're not going to be making huge dollars, I don't think, in interest on your on your saving rate, but yields tend to correlate to the changes in that federal federal funds rate, rates, so those, are, those have been up in terms of the interest rates there. Uh, some of the things I've read indicate that this might be the last one. I don't know if it's easy to predict that right now with a ways, but this could be um, could be the last one for a while, so we will see about that. The other thing this week now uh, on Wednesday is a hearing that I think is going to get a lot of attention. And you might say, "Oh, Jack, you might be a little bit me like on this, you know, like, oh, Jack, I'm so tired, so tired of all these hearings that are political in in nature and investigations and all this stuff one side on the other." Well, this this one isn't quite. That kind of stuff, exactly. No, this is one where, and I don't know if there's a partisan break on this one at all. I don't think there is. But this is that hearing about UFOs. And there are some people who are going to testify who have some, at least on paper, some pretty impressive credentials who have got a lot to say about what they think is being hidden from the U.S. public. GOP Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett believes the government is hiding something. We've had a heck of a lot of pushback about this hearing. We're done with the cover-up. Bipartisan lawmakers are suspicious of their own government. Lawmakers tried to review photos and talk to pilots who saw things, but the military stymied them. Two Navy pilots who say they spotted strange things in the sky will testify at an upcoming hearing. A third witness is whistleblower and former Air Force intelligence officer David Grush. He claims 
claims the military has possession of a non-human spacecraft and potentially the remains of an extraterrestrial pilot. That dude is testifying, you guys. That guy, this Grush guy, who we've talked about on the show before, he's the one that, that says they've got a vehicle and whatever this means, and they might also have a body, I, I guess. I, I, I don't. Something. This guy is testifying in front of Congress on Wednesday. This is going to be fascinating to see, especially what he's going to say. Also, those Navy pilots as well. Um, Navy pilot Ryan Graves, ex-Navy commander David Fravor, and then U.S. Intel- this, this Grush guy is a former U.S. intelligence officer so we'll see i mean it's it's a it's a bipartisan effort here at this point so maybe this is one hearing that isn't going to break down to a a partisan fight on this whole thing i don't know though this is uh this is going to be fascinating on the on this thing that tim Burchett you heard at the beginning he was the uh uh, the one of the majority leaders of the committee, uh, it's the oversight committee. They they basically said, "Hey, we're going to end the cover." Like they're going into this like a cover up is happening, and we are ending this thing, and we are going to let these witnesses speak completely frankly about those exper- uh, about their experiences, which they say that hasn't happened in the past, where you had Pentagon bureaucrats that were up there who would basically say, "Well, we can't." We can't talk about that. That's classified information. That's that's that sort of thing. I mean, this is setting up, you guys. This is setting up to be crazy. I, and I don't mean, I don't even necessarily mean that the people who claim things have happened are crazy. I'm saying it's setting up to be crazy in terms of the reaction to this whole thing and the clips that might come out of this. And the guy who is saying that the U.S. might have the body of an alien and is hiding it from us all. Does he does he know where this is? Does he know where the vehicle is? I don't know. Is this going to be groundbreaking on Wednesday or is this going to be a big dud? I guess we'll find out here very soon. On Friday, the White House invited a bunch of heads of these tech companies, big tech companies, your 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 Metas, your your Amazons, those things to the uh to the White House to get together on AI, put their heads together and figure out what can we do to give you know, to just make a pledge to each other to make sure we're doing the right thing when it comes to AI. And they, I mean, to their credit, they came up with some ideas and they pledged to do those things. Um, will they make a difference? Do you need more people on on this? Well, that's to be determined as we go forward. Seven major companies investing in artificial intelligence agreed to self-regulate any new rollout of this new technology. Amazon, Google, Meta, which owns Facebook, Microsoft, OpenAI, Anthropic, and Inflection. Now, Microsoft President Brad Smith believes this will be enough to make people feel more comfortable about using AI and will limit abuses. All seven of the companies agreeing to add watermarks on anything generated by artificial intelligence. Those watermarks would identify which product would make a video or audio so consumers will not be fooled. The companies agree to external testing by an expert in the specific fields where AI is being used, with the results being made public, also increasing investment in cybersecurity. The watermark is a good thing, um, I think, because the fake stuff is going to, that's going to be the first, that's going to be the first realm of this, and it's already here to some degree, but it is fake videos that look real fake audio that sounds completely real um that is 
that people assume is factual, and then that has all kinds of that has all kinds of consequences to that. And that'll mainly take the form I would think. Probably be it'll probably be political to start. It'll probably be people who make their the somebody that they don't like politically look bad, look like a terrible person. That'll be out there. There'll be a video that looks very convincing. It'll get shared over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So the watermark, in theory, should help that if it is the you know the AI technology of one of these these big companies that does it. But let's be honest. I mean, the concern is not is not that you know Meta or or even Chat GPT or the big company is eventually going to be the ones that is doing sort of malicious deep fakes. It's going to be rogue actors on this thing, and they're not at this White House meeting. And they're going to, you know, other people are going to have their hands on the technology. That's going to be the problem. So I'm not saying this isn't a a, a good thing to do, a good step in the right direction, a good thing to be talking about. Um, but it's not. It's definitely not going to fix everything because you're going to have a lot of a lot of people, a lot of entities, a lot of technology that does not tie up with the with the big boys in this uh, big boys and big girls, I should say, in in this room. So, uh, all right, a couple other things that we should uh, we should get to. Well, since we're talking about big tech companies, uh, this was some big news over the weekend. Twitter going to go through a rebrand, and not only a rebrand, but Aspirations to become the everything app for you. Will that happen? It looks like Twitter's famous little bluebird logo may just fly off into the past. Reaction so far seems mixed. X Corp is what Musk renamed Twitter earlier this year after buying the social media platform for $44 billion last year. He says he wants to create a super app like WeChat in China. He's also polling people about changing the default color on Twitter from blue to black and about 75% so far are saying yes. Now there's been a number of changes to Twitter since Musk took over. They include Twitter laying off three quarters of its workforce to cut costs and naming a new CEO. Also earlier this month, Musk announced new restrictions for Twitter, capping the number of tweets users can view on a daily basis to try and prevent unauthorized scraping of valuable data. And that did get some pushback by users. Well, yeah, but it only happened for one day. That I mean, that of all of the things that he's done and there's been controversy about that was the one that would could have been most debilitating to the use of the app uh and this is no commentary on you know liking or disliking Elon Musk limiting the amount of tweets people could see during a day is debilitating to that app for you know for most people who who use it Just, and and so that so it's not surprising that one didn't last. I know they said they were doing it to keep people from scraping or, or whatever it was, and there was some indication maybe this would be a long-term thing. There was such blowback to that that they 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 ditched whatever that was in 24, 48 hours after it was open. Oh, by the way, when they did that is when Meta decided to put their competitor out there as well in threads. Um, so that was that was kind of the biggest one. But anyway, back to the, the crux of this whole thing is this – this rebranding um and and that x name has been around when he changed the corporation now i i don't know if x is going to be the bigger entity and twitter will be a branch under it if that's kind of what it's going to be kind of like what meta is with facebook and instagram under it i don't know if he's actually going to call twitter x or if it's just going to be a color scheme change to me i mean geez if something's been around with a certain name for 15 years and you try and change that name but it's still the same thing 
good luck. Good luck with getting that done and people actually using your new branding. So I have some doubt that he's actually going to get rid of the the word Twitter, I would think. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Who knows what he's going to do? But the bottom line, I mean, I think the more important thing about the rebrand in here is sort of the the overall idea and thought of what this app is going to become. And as one of the Fox News broadcasts earlier during the show today said, perhaps what he's looking at is something like what WeChat is. Now, that's a, a Chinese app that does all kinds of things. It, it's text messaging. It's hold-to-talk voice messaging. It's broadcast messaging. So, you know, doing a show, a live podcast, that kind of thing. Video conferencing, video games, mobile payment, sharing of photographs, videos, essentially social media, location sharing. So it, I mean, that sounds like a, that sounds like a combination of, of, of Twitter, Facebook, text messages, uh, Snapchat, Venmo. That's the other thing is payment systems that are included in this. And he even went so far as to, uh, in some of the tweets that he put out over the weekend, talking about it essentially being a akin to a bank, um, which I'll let somebody else try that first. If they want to put their put their money in a bank account that is uh, going through Twitter, but nonetheless, that looks like what the idea is is a uh, um, is an overall kind of overhaul to something that does a lot more that is more of a a go to. And by the way, when I was it's and maybe some of you use this here. I don't know if people use this here extensively or not, but when I was in Europe, everybody uses WhatsApp. WhatsApp is the thing to use there. In fact. Um, like most of the businesses and restaurants, they give you on their website, they give you a WhatsApp connection, which you you still just use a number, but you don't use your phone line. And part of the reason they do that is because a lot of Americans go there. And if they make a phone call like we would have, we would have had to pay a had to pay a special rate to actually per minute on the phone. But if you use WhatsApp, uh, it's done through wireless or done through the network. It's not actually done through the phone lines, but you still use the phone number. And I think that's that, among other reasons, is why that's a a big deal in Europe. And everybody uses it there where it's not quite as big. of. I didn't have it on my phone until until we went over there. Uh, All right. A couple other things to get to here this morning. Oh, my gosh. This is this is incredible. You ever talk to somebody, maybe one of your kids, maybe your spouse, maybe a coworker, where you think you're having a conversation and you're just kind of getting grunt mumbles. Yeah. Yeah. And you realize, oh, they're on their phone. They're on their phone. It's very frustrating. I've also probably done it to other people, so I can't cast too many stones on this whole thing. But here's a spot that you definitely shouldn't do it. When you are the judge in a homicide trial. Lincoln County District Judge Tracy Soderstrom is now being investigated by a state judicial ethics panel after a security video obtained by the Oklahoma newspaper shows her scrolling through social media accounts and texting on the bench. It was during the murder trial of a man convicted of second-degree manslaughter for the death of his girlfriend's two-year-old son. D.A. Adam Panter says he reviewed the security footage. He calls it both shocking and disappointing. Soderstrom was elected to a four-year term last fall. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. Yeah, this murder trial's getting a little boring. Let's see what's happening on Twitter. Let's see what's going on on Instagram right now. Bloop, 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 bloop. Oh, there's a text. I better respond. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we have now, 
We've now crossed a new threshold in our addiction to our phones. And again, I don't cast any stones. I'm sure I'm sure I've had my own moments that I could have a stone cast at me for, but man, a judge in a murder trial. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, check the cookies in your in your cupboard, especially if you're somebody who shops at Trader Joe's, uh, because Trader Joe's has issued a recall, and it's not it's not the reason that you typically think you're going to get a recall for. Take a listen to this. Trader Joe's is recalling two types of cookies because they may be contaminated with rocks. The company didn't go into details, but they posted an alert on their website saying their supplier of Trader Joe's almond windmill cookies and Trader Joe's dark chocolate chunk and almond cookies has told them of the problem. The cookies have sell-by dates of October 17th through October 23rd. The company says they've removed the cookies from their shelves and they're asking that if you have any of the recall cookies, please don't eat them and head to Trader Joe's for a full refund. Jill Nato, Fox News. <laughs> Rocks? Rocks? That's got to, that, that could do some, da- I mean, in addition to swallowing and getting your digestive system, that makes my teeth hurt just thinking about, uh, you hit one of those just square on, you're eating your almond windmill cookie, you're celebrating my Dutch heritage, and you're enjoying that thing, and then, oh, that's terrible. Check that out. Be careful. Make sure you don't have the rock cookies uh, if you uh, if you check your pantry tonight. And last but not least, it was the biggest movie weekend in a long, long time with new releases, two new releases coming out that have got a whole lot of buzz behind them. And for once, they're not remakes. They're not sequels. Well, Barbie's kind of a, a reboot, but eh, not like the kind that seems to be everywhere all over the movie screens right now. Warner Brothers Barbie takes the top spot with $155 million in ticket sales from North American theaters, surpassing the Super Mario Brothers movie and every Marvel movie this year as the biggest opening of 2023. The film stars Margot Robbie as Barbie and Ryan Gosling as Ken. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Women drove the historic opening, making up 65% of ticket sales. In another huge opening weekend, Universal's Oppenheimer comes in second place, pulling in more than $80 million in ticket sales in the U.S. and Canada. Ann Carrick, Fox News. Oppenheimer's like any other weekend, seriously. <laughs> uh, actually, I did see Barbie this weekend. It was funny. It was funny. I laughed a lot. It was funnier than I thought it was going to be. I'd say that. All right, at 6.55, we'll take a break. That is it for your sound off. Uh, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on Lincoln's News and Talk, 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 6.58, it is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. All right, I've already made a decision about Request Line Friday for this week as... I'm looking at the forecast, and this is going to be one of those genres that is subject to a little bit of interpretation, and that's fine. Those are often the fun ones, but we are going to go on Friday with songs that cool you off. Song, maybe that you've got the uh, the audio version of air conditioning or the audio equivalent of of getting into a nice, cool swimming pool on a heat index day of 105, whatever that would be. 
for you. We're going to do that, and so we're going to give you a fresh, a refreshing cool down on Friday morning after we're going to see those high heat indices during the course of this week. So if you've got to think about that now, I don't even know what I'm going to do for that, so uh, I'm going to have to give a little thought to this thing, but I'm sure I'll come up with something. But think about what is your uh, way of cooling off uh, via audio and texting the song you want to hear to our text line at 402-479-1400, and then Friday morning, uh, we're going to play those songs. We'll see what you come. I'm curious what you guys are going to do with this thing. We'll see with what you, uh, we'll see what you come up with and we'll get those going on Friday morning for request line Friday. Keep in mind, guys, only a few of these left. Oh, you keep hearing the countdowns. How soon Husker football is. We go back to Friday Husker tailgate, uh, on the, it actually, we're going to do it on game day for the first game. So that would be what? August 31st, that's the Minnesota game. So that Thursday morning will be our first Friday Husker tailgate with Mike Schaefer joining us as well. And that means our last Friday request on Friday will be August 25th. So only four more left after this week. It's 7 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back. 708. We've got 71 degrees in the capital city. Glad to have you back with us on this Monday morning. Uh, Jack Mitchell here. Uh, Johnny Cadillac in studio with me, Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. You heard Chris Saver, uh, Chris Lofgren uh, with Time Saver Traffic. Caleb Henry is uh, off this week. He'll be back with us on next Monday, one week from today. And Friday, we signed off at 9 a.m., and it didn't take long after that. Shortly thereafter, a press release from the city of Lincoln, the mayor's office, indicating that she had accepted a notice of resignation from police chief Teresa Ewens, effective immediately. Uh, she had taken over after former police chief, police, police, police chief, excuse me, Jeff Blymeister retired in 2021. The release uh, essentially had quotes from the mayor that talked about accomplishments of the police department and together and and it was kind of stated as hey together here's what we did we added officers we had high highest pace law enforcement in the state open a new northeast team station um increased training for mental health related calls those sorts of things also had a statement from chief ewens and she was had high praise in the statement for lpd uh the people who make up lpd as well and uh, she said, this was not an easy decision, but I've determined that it was the best one. Now, of course, anytime something like this happens, right, when, when, when someone resigns, unless it's after they've been on the job for, you know, 30 years and, and if they're retiring, essentially, there are always questions when it's a public role like this and a, a role that the the people in the city, the citizens are rightfully interested in, there are a lot of questions that pop up. And there is a, essentially a vacuum of information here uh, that happens when this wasn't detailed. And we have we we have no I, I mean, we have we don't know why this happened. And there could be I, I want to say at the, this at the outset, you know, there there could be personal reasons that have nothing to do with what's going on with the job, that decision that's made. 
I don't know. That wasn't said, but there are a wide variety. But I, I, I mean, I think, I think everybody knows that when you don't have that information, you don't have more information when it comes kind of out of nowhere like this, um, especially after the election that we just had, where police were front and center, um, were kind of police were front and center, and you had the mayor who was, um, you know, who was sticking up for the state of the Lincoln Police Department and public safety in Lincoln extensively. That was just two months ago, two, three months ago, Mark. And then you you had, you know, this latest this latest decision that was made on the briefings uh, and cutting those back from five to three. And you had, you know, we discussed that. We had our own concerns about that. I expressed some concerns about that. Shoot, the, the Journal Star, their editorial staff, Yep. Wrote, wrote a whole editorial on it and echoed some of the things um, that that I had kind of said on that. I did not expect that would end up, you know, in in a change at the police chief. So I don't know, and I don't know that it did. But it's even, you know, the timing's also interesting, Mark. Because I'll take you back forty eight hours before this happened, almost exactly forty eight hours before this happened. You remember what was happening then on this show? I had, I, had the had mayor, the mayor on. I had the mayor on this show, and I was asking the questions I had about the decisions about the briefings, cutting them back, and she and, and the mayor was, um, you know, d- defending her team on this, right? And, right, and explaining and and supporting the decision that was made by the police chief or made jointly. I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know the pretty, ins and outs. It, it, she was well aware of it. Yeah, the ma- it I mean, way. yeah, the mayor didn't distance herself from the right. decision and, and necessarily. It was just one week after the the chief had addressed the media and knocked it down to three times a week. Right, and, one week to the day. And so it's hard not to wonder. Okay, does that have anything to do with what's going on right now, or is it just a coincidence in timing with this whole thing? Are there there are other things going on? With this as well, there was nothing from the interview on Wednesday that I had with the mayor that would indicate that, I, I mean, at least unless she, you know, un- unless she was, you know, doing a really, really good job with PR and there was problems happening below the surface on that, she sounded like she was okay with the decision when I when I talked to her about it, when I asked her the questions that I had about it. So, you know, take that for what it's worth on that. I, I think... I think the other thing that, and, and I brought this up during the, the mayor's race um, when when public safety came up a lot, um, and I don't want to go way back down into these debates as well, but obviously one of the big issues that was, was brought up by people who were opposing the mayor's reelection was they cited, you know, certain crimes and indicated that they were up and... Um, you know, we we got into some of that. There there was debate and discussion about whether or not there were numbers that were being cherry picked, or whether or not this was a real issue, or whether it was a an issue just in some areas, but but not in others. And I think I said a couple of times during that time, I said, "Look, I don't know as a as a as a longtime resident of the city, I don't necessarily feel unsafe." But on the other hand, I do hear enough about, I don't know if morale issues are the right word, but concerns within the police department. I should, you know, concerns within the police department uh, about new leadership. That, uh, but in, in morale issues in general and the difficulty in hiring people 
that they had and getting the staff that they needed in general. And I, I continue to say during the mayor's race, I was like, man, if it were me and I were the opponent, I think I'd focus more on that thing, on that part of things, than just the overall you know, giant crime issue, blah, blah, blah. That's not worth having that fight again now. What's right. over is over with that. But my point is, my point is with all that, is that anecdotally, I, I'd heard, not from one person, but anecdotally I had heard from direct sources that there were there was at least some level of significant um lack of confidence in what yeah. was happening at the top of the police department. Yeah, there was unrest is that within fair? the rank, I mean, yeah, unrest uh, in the rank and file yeah, is what I described. And it that as. doesn't mean everyone no. that, that doesn't mean it was everyone, but I heard en- I heard enough of that from you know, people who who would know that you know it did make me wonder it did make me wonder and it makes me and it makes me wonder if and how that played into any of this or not and it did make me wonder how aware you know going into that election it, the, i mean that was maybe the question that i had more than anything was how how aware well and even the, the more, mayor was of that and even more than anecdotal was the uh, lincoln police union's endorsement of senator geist there you go yeah that that was kind of the solidifying factor i'd you know we all have different sources here within the newsroom, and, and you have different sources than I right. do. And I'd heard several instances of, of the unrest or morale issues, uh, the, the leadership or administrative style of the, of the chief and some of her assistants. So right. uh, rank and file uh, had some, some issues. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was not if, if, to the extent that there were there was. Concerns and frustrations, it wasn't hidden very well in conversations. Well, and, and we had it, yeah, and we had the concerns because uh, it was about that time that the communication and, and transparency that we as the media had with duty commanders and even at briefings, things got started to get more tense, and, and it became harder and harder mm-hmm. to get information. I, right. I've got one, probably the best example was when that uh, the shootout at the OK Corral down in the Haymarket, you may remember the 50-some shots that were fired that one Saturday night or early Sunday morning. I got a, a tip on it early Sunday morning, started checking, couldn't get uh, a response uh, at all, no answer, at LPD. And it wasn't just a few random shots. Uh, and on Monday, we were told it was like 49, but it was actually... Uh, a couple of days later, up to 70 or 80 shots, cars damaged. Uh, so that, that from a news perspective, was giving the media uh, some reason right. for concern. And right. you've talked a, a lot about transparency. Transparency became very, very o- opaque. Right. And, and In and, my opinion. You know, and, and it's interesting. I think there were probably some people who were saying, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, well, you do have an election coming up and those sorts of things when that was happening. But it's interesting, even now, even into last week when there's no election in sight, right? right. It's still that that still is is an issue and came to a head on that Friday, a week, a week ago, Friday. So like 10 days ago, um, when when the decision to cut back those those briefings happened. And and so, again, you know, you've got all these little pieces, these bits and pieces of things that we that we know or that we've heard um, or that we've seen develop in the news. And it's hard not to wonder how they all play in to this decision and and 
you know, to a relationship for better or for worse. I mean, some didn't didn't like this, right? Some did, but for better or for worse, looked like a really strong relationship between the mayor and the police chief. Yeah, like it, they were, you know, there was, was there was like kind of a mutual. You weren't supposed to cheat. Was the mayor's choice right? There was kind of a. a at least publicly, there was always kind of a, a mutual def- uh, defense. Well, not mutual, but but I mean, Liz, the the mayor defended the police staff. The mayor defended the leadership of of the police, right, all the way up until probably her last interview about it, which was with me on Wednesday, right? Yep. I assume those were her last public comments right. about that, and it was where I was saying, "Hey, why is this happening? It looks like it." You know, I mean, you can go back and listen to the interview if if you want. But she she defended the decision. She explained the decision. She knew the details behind it as well. She didn't sound like someone who was just sitting on the sidelines and saying, hey, my chief made this decision, and so uh, she's got the authority to to do this. The the suddenness with which this came out. Yes. And, and of course, as you, you know from working, uh, from being around me for, what, six, seven years now, uh, I'm probably one of the biggest skeptics on, on things like this. Uh, for it to be this sudden and uh, the worse of uh, the use of the word immediately, that was still a well-crafted uh, news release, right, on, on both sides. <laughs> so I find it very hard to believe that it happened well, very, very quickly. Mark, here's the yeah. Well, th- but that that said though, I, I I see what you're saying there. But on the other hand, do you do do you bring her up on Friday? Does she come up on that Friday before at the briefing? And have this exchange with media and explain, hey, we're going to do this. Does the mayor come on my show on Wednesday? And I, and I, that if if this is all everyone knows, this is going to happen on Friday. I don't think so. I don't think like, so either. I think I, it was. I think it, just the skeptic in me just wonders. I know, but man, you can put together a look, listen. It, you can put that together. I, th- a I think everything. I think things got really challenging once the Journal Star editorial came out. Your interview. And then the same, I think it was the same day, a journal star or else the next day, the editorial came out. It was before. It was, it was before the my, the interview. But, okay, well, but, you know, but still, there was two we days. We talked of, about it on Monday on our show as well. You're right. Right. So, so And then I think the editorial might have been Tuesday. Uh, well, let's see. I have it. 7-19. 7-19 is the date that was. So five days that would have been Wednesday. Same day as the interview. Yep. And I, I think that that may have been a turning point. Maybe, maybe, but we just like we don't like know. I said we we don't know, and it's fair. I think it's fair for the citizenry to say, okay, look, she resigned. You know, okay, what does this mean about our <laughs> about our police department right now? Right? What is that? Were there were there disagreements about the leadership? What was there? Was there something like that? To I mean. Listen, if it's a personal issue, completely, completely personal issue, I get it. That's not something that is necessary for for the citizens to know. But if it's got to do with disagreements about policy or the way things are done or something that happened or any of these issues that talk we're talking about, whether it is the, the state and the mindset of the rank and file at LPD or if it's got to do with disagreements in terms of transparency that – you know, maybe there were discussions that were going forward. That's something that look, I get it. I get it. Why you want to kind of have the PR spin on this whole thing? But those are something something that I don't think is unreasonable for the citizenry on this to say. Hey, maybe a little bit more information on exactly what's going on, and and 
what this means about the direction going forward, right? What's next? Right. And how do you, whatever happened, whatever happened to create this situation, if it is about If there's a the systemic job, issue. If there's a, yeah, how, what's next right. with that whole thing? How does that affect the next chief? What's going to, you know, and, and I'm sure there will be conversations about what happens in terms of uh, the search, but but again, you, you know, the, the, the mayor won the election. The mayor, I mean, she, she won, yep. and, and, and frankly, by, by, I mean, impressively, how, how she won that thing. But I think it is still absolutely fair to point out that to the extent there were significant concerns brought up, they were about, about public, public safety, about, you know, there's, there's still, there's a lot of focus, rightfully so, not surprisingly, on on public safety here, on the police force here, on on all of that, and policing is a national issue is a national issue as well. <laughs> Listen, I don't have to remind you about the last three years, right? Um, and so it is one where I think more more consistent more consistent openness I think would would probably would probably do some good for everybody here in this in this whole I, thing. I would say to your point about if if it's a personal. Uh, situation that's developed with uh, you and uh, perfectly understandable but i believe she would have said that you know for personal I, I reasons know, i kind of do too uh yeah. personal reasons i've submitted my i kind of do too so we'll see if we get more um we will see what we get more and mark be interesting to see now you know another national search god it, you know Dale, that's not necessarily uh it's been discussed yet right yeah i'm i'm saying yeah. another national search question mark uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Will the, will there be one? Are there internal candidates? You know, is the interim? You know, uh, Mishan Mara. Is she being? Is that something she would be considered? Is something she would be interested in? I don't know. I don't know the answers to those either. By the way, our poll last week was about the the media briefings being cut. Oh yeah. Did you see the numbers on that? No. What was it's, it? Uh, the poll was after 100 years. Lincoln police are breaking the tradition of a daily police briefing. Do you what agree? Disagree? Don't care? Or what the H? Six percent agreed. Sixteen percent didn't care. Fifty-nine percent disagreed, hmm. and nineteen percent said, "What the?" All right, all right, all right. We'll take a break. Seven twenty-five. Thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate your input on that. It's seventy-one degrees in the capital city on KLIN. From the skies to the streets, get the latest weather and traffic. Always accurate coverage. Fourteen hundred and ninety-nine-three KLIN. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us on this fine Monday morning. And uh, it's time to count them down right now. And I don't have my numbers in front of me yet because they keep going away on here. And so... Mark, I'll have to do it this way. Number five. Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Ewens has resigned. According to a statement from the city, Mayor Larry and Gaylor Beard accepted that resignation Friday. Uh, It was effective immediately. Uh, In the statement, no specific reason for her leaving by either Ewens or the mayor. Uh, We talked about this extensively last segment. So uh, when the podcast drops a little bit later, if you want to hear our um, kind of our thoughts on this, uh, the discussion about how much information was given on this, 
uh, and the questions that remain after this, you can look at this. L- let's look forward here for a second, Mark, uh, since we kind of looked back on the decision and, and look forward. So uh, interim chief name, Michonne Morrow, um, a-, a name that you've heard associated, obviously, with LPD non-administrative role for a long time. But there Remember was... the force since 95. Been with the force since 95. But there was no announcement on Friday about exactly what happens next in terms of, of of finding a new chief, which which you need to do. Now, my assumption, my assumption was that okay, they're going to go through that same process that they did uh, what when two three years ago when Chief Blymeister retired, and they're going to go look around the country and and try and find somebody to take this job once again. Um, you kind of indicated, well, you know, they haven't said that yet, so don't even make an assumption on that. Yeah, right? I, I, you know, the city council meets today, and, and the mayor gets to appoint the chief. The council, I believe, approves it then. Uh, my guess is the mayor would have some discussions with at least the council leadership uh, about the situation. Uh, at least that would seem to me to be a, a logical first step. Right. But also then uh, probably with some rank and file and with her command staff. Right, um, you know, find out how what do, what do they they see as a, a yeah. way forward. I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me is um, I am I am hopeful that we are going to hear from you know police department and nobody nobody's you don't have any workplace or very many workplaces where everybody's happy with their boss, right? Okay, oh yeah. But I would I'm I'm hopeful that at least by and large you are going to hear that how this next process goes, the eventual hire, that we are able to hear a lot of satisfaction from the men and women who are are doing the work of, of keeping the city safe right now and doing all the work of, and, you know, dealing with, dealing with you know, obviously some, some level of understaffing as well. If, if they've, you know, if they're tasked with these things, boy, I would sure like to hear, you know, to some degree that, you you feel like there's some real satisfaction in that the the department is being led in in the right way. So, I hope you've I hope you've got that as part of this this next thing. And and uh, you know I know I know how these conversations go when you involve a lot of the political factors that are in here. And I don't think you know I don't think by virtue of being police that people are are perfect or infallible. But I also, at the same time, believe I think Lincoln's got a uniquely good, um, a, 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 done in a uniquely good job over the years at at policing it, community policing it, doing the thing. They're not infallible. It's not that they haven't made mistakes, but they've done a lot of good things. And I hope they can continue to to build on to build on what they've got and the staff that they got and keep the people that they've got who are who are good at that. That is all. That all factors in to this whole thing. I think it also points out that, you know, the prior uh, chiefs that moved up actually came from within LPD or or the Lancaster County. Yeah. Uh, Tom Cassidy, Jeff Blymeister, all part of the force in one shape or another. That's true. This one, uh, Mayor Larry Gator Baird took the national approach. The four finalists were all from outside. And so you wonder if that is going right. to be a process that will be repeated or whether there'll be more what? more of a, a chance uh, effort to to do something internally I, I, I man i just hope a decision there's it's not a decision where and i'm not even saying the criticism was was necessarily warranted or accurate but how many times did you hear 
Well, she's from San Francisco, right? That that sort. Of, I mean, there there was an association. I just, I I I just hope there's nothing. There's nothing about whoever's next that puts him at a disadvantage right away with the public, like that did. Is it, you know? And and maybe it's not fair, but I would like to be able to have a little bit of 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 unity right off the bat that doesn't feel like it's, uh, you know, this is a political thing here. Right off the bat, because everything is a political thing these days, at this point, and that's you know it's real. It's not not necessarily fair, but that's a reality of the whole thing. So we'll look for yeah, we'll look to find out next. And as you said, Mark, there is a scheduled briefing today. Um, we'll see if we hear from the interim chief at that point, or what else. You know, I, if, I would be sh- if we hear anything else, it, it's not necessarily the police department's place to say much on this, but so I don't know what'll happen well, next. Yeah. You know, my guess is the assistant chief, uh, acting chief, Sean Morrow, will be there, would be my guess. If for nothing else, then to, uh, you know, uh, address the, the the media. Yeah. Be her first chance in that official role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does make you wonder, and I don't know this, but if there were any internal candidates that were interested in it last time around that didn't get it, did that exist? I, I honestly don't know the question. I'd have to, I'd I, have to I don't, ask around for I don't. That. I don't know either. It was pretty... Um, um, tightly knit group until the final four and they were out you know they had public meetings with them my understanding is there was at least one from within public safety broad term uh in from lancaster county or from lpd uh, in those ranks okay or and it could have even been a state patrol all right so, we'll see but i, I have nothing nope. for sure on that all right number four twitter owner elon musk formally changed the iconic bluebird logo of twitter to a black and white X. Logo displayed on Twitter's headquarters in San Francisco early this morning. Twitter's official account on the platform also has the name X. All right. And it goes along with, what, SpaceX? And- oh, yeah, I suppose. Maybe there's some branding there. What I wonder is, is is that just kind of the overarching, because that was kind of an overarching name for the company. Is he really going to try and get people to quit calling it Twitter after they have for, what, 15 years? Because we've seen... We've seen how that kind of a branding change yeah. is sort of difficult to actually find. Just ask somebody who's trying to refer to Highway Two right now. Well, this is uh, just the logo. I don't. I don't know whether he's going to rebrand. Yeah, it. I don't know either. I don't know either. I, I think the more interesting thing is just sort of the the thought that he's got overall with what Twitter becomes because right now it's just a you know it's kind of a I guess you call it a microblogging site essentially social media. But what he talks about, the vision he talks about, is a much bigger app where there's a lot more capabilities there. And there's been references to uh, WeChat in China, which has got, you know, not only this microblogging thing, but voice messaging, text, you know, basically combining. It, it basically sounds like this thing is a combination of Twitter, Snapchat, Snapchat, SMS texting, uh, Venmo, uh, podcasting, you know, all kinds of things into one. And I think that's his overall sort of vision for this thing. Um, but but we'll see. I mean, the people, you know, the, I, I will say this. The, the, at first, he kind of, he did the throttling where you couldn't get more than 600 tweets in a day. And I thought that was going to be the end of Twitter, you know, extensive use of Twitter. They backed off that after one day. Um, 
And and when that happened, you had Zuckerberg's company come in and say, hey, here's our alternative. Or they said it's not really an alternative, but with the threads. But for me personally, I'm still on Twitter, not on threads for the most part. I mean, it's just, it's just where the information, it's nothing, it's nothing about Elon Musk or anything like that. It's where the information is, where the content is. You have an, That's a, where I'm and, going. And you have an established presence. There. And th- and that, too. That's that's your brand. That and, as well. It's, yeah. it's costly to try to switch that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. So, but I mainly, I mainly got it for sports and news. That's what I, and mainly sports. That's and mainly Husker sports, frankly. And every now and then to have Twitter fights with people. Yeah. Every, every <laughs> once in a while. Not too often. <laughs> Number three. Investigation still underway. LPS, Lincoln Police, on a fake high school student, uh, Zachary Scheich, uh, pretended to be a 17-year-old student. He's actually 26, graduated back in 2015. He's in jail facing some charges, but he did, uh, we did find out Friday, uh, did falsify a birth certificate, a vaccination record, and something else. So... Yeah, maybe a transcript. I'm not sure transcript, that was one of the other things, I, I would think. Yeah, it was an interesting clip you had from Dr. Gossman there where, because the first response that some people might have had to this was, wait, he graduated, he actually did literally graduate from Southeast in, what was it, 15? 2015. 15. 15. And so people said, how did nobody recognize him, you know, only eight years later, you would think, and, and he kind of talked about the, just kind of the turnover that's been there. Um from 2015 to 2023 with the pandemic and those sorts of things. Yeah, big turnover and staff. Yeah. And- I mean, look, I don't, I'm not blaming any, I, I am not, don't get it twisted here. I'm not blaming anyone for, you know, that they should have noticed it or could have or any of that. But I will say this, like, I go into my high school now and there's still three or four people there that would would de- would definitely know my name and and may, and probably how I look, too. Probably. Based on yeah. that, but maybe I just made a huge impression. I have no idea uh, what that's. I know there's at least is. one person that works at a high V that knows you. So, because every time I go in there, he's like, "How's Jack?" <laughs> Jeez, I don't even know who that is. Um, but I just tell him Jack sent me. The the uh, I mean the the serious thing about this is we also got more detail in the affidavit too about kind of what he was doing here, um, which was contacting students on you know via texting via social media apps and we're talking 13 14 year old students here um and whether it was paying it was whether and it was it was basically asking for for sexual content um and those are the allegations that are against him right now i mean just to be clear the allegations aren't the the allegations are not limited to being in high school when he shouldn't have been. Correct. There was some there was some stuff going on. At least the prosecution, the police say here, some stuff going on that was um, that was of pretty bad nature here. And I uh, taking advantage of minors. And and I I caught one. Uh, I, I don't recall the the source, but I caught one thing over the weekend. And this may come up at today's police briefing too. That uh, after the announcement late Thursday afternoon of his arrest. Uh, there have been several other uh, yes. students that have come forward, or parents, yes, or parents, yes, yeah. So, Abs- absolutely. So, uh, all right, man. I think I really messed up. Something is messed up here. On, yeah, on I this saw thing. that. I can fork around. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, it's, uh, it's a g- actually. Let's do let's do the uh, the f- weather forecast one next. It looks like you've got stuff on that. So, 
Number two. This is going to impact people. I don't even see number two. Oh, you don't? Oh, yeah, never mind. Go, just go to, uh, well, the, the only thing I was going to mention, Mark, you can fill us in and I'll just, I'll just say it, is that you look forward here. We're under, uh, we're under a heat advisory today uh, for beginning Lincoln. Beginning at and, 1. And, yeah, beginning at 1, and that goes until 9 o'clock tonight. And, you know, we're, actually, it goes till 7 o'clock Thursday night. Oh, clear through. Okay. Oh, actually, it's 9 o'clock Thursday here in front of me. But it's yep. clear through. It's the entire week that it'll be going through. And today we're looking at, it's just, it, it, again, it's not it's not completely crazy in summer or unprecedented in summer. I'm no. not saying that. But it's going to feel... It's going to feel crappy. It's going to be hot and humid. Because we, we kind of just went through this time where it was neither of those things. And, Mark, it looks like that middle, that Wednesday, Thursday, uh, is going to be the worst part of this whole yeah, thing if you're, for some reason, trying to figure out when you should be outside. Uh, just before I came in here, I caught Malcolm Channel 8's uh, update, and he now put the uh, real temperature, not the heat end, the temperature at 101 on Thursday. Okay. So the heat index will be above that. And right now we are at uh, dew point of sixty eight. Right now, so yeah, anything above sixty starts to get a little uncomfortable. It can get about seventy. It's very uncomfortable when it approaches eighty. It's miserable. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you can, man, I do not know what happened to our sheet here. It changed. Something changed. But if we still have the uh, standing still, bear, if we still, I was gonna, I was gonna go to the movies here. If we still right. have that, yep, so I got it. That. Number one. Greta Gerwig's Barbie raked in $155 million for the week, and the combined release of Barbie and Oppenheimer, $302 million yesterday alone. Holy cow. Movies are back, Mark. Expect that number to go up today when the numbers come in. Remember during the pandemic, we were saying, are people, is there ever going to be a blockbuster theater movie again? Or is it just going to be straight to straight to streaming with all of these things well last year you had top gun this year you've got these two movies that happen to come out on the same weekend and it feels like everybody is talking about these two movies whether they've seen them or not this weekend and a lot of people did see one or both last Um, last friday it sounded like oppenheimer was going to be the one that just took it by storm yeah and barbie just came out of the wood i just think there's probably a little bit of wider for better or for worse, there's a little bit of wider brand recognition and appeal uh, just with the concept True. Uh, of one than the other. And I di- I, I'll admit it, I saw Barbie this weekend. And? Uh, it was very funny. I know. I know it was, there's, it's a culture war thing. Whatever. I, I went to be entertained. I was entertained. It was very funny. It was funnier. It, I'll say it was funnier to me than I thought it was going to be. In a lot of cases. Adult humor, correct? Yeah, adult, yes. I mean, not like X-rated no, no. humor, but it's humor. PG-13. PG yeah, no, it was good. I mean, it was it was genuinely like laugh out loud funny a lot more than I thought it would actually be. So I'll give that to the whole thing. But I, it, it, it does go to show you, Mark, I think there is an appetite. I hope this starts a trend because I think there is an appetite among moviegoers to say, hey, I know we still fill seats every time that you put out the next Marvel movie, um, but there's also a desire among a lot of people who are just like, could we have a big summer movie that is not a reboot or that is not a sequel or is not part of the extended universe that you feel like you've got to be bought into 
to to completely get into. Or will there even be another movie? Right. Given the strikes. Oh yeah, that's true. It may be it may be slow the next the next few years, but look at other summers. It's all you know, it's well, Top Gun was a sequel, right? Mission Impossible comes out every few years, right? Sequels. Yep, right. They usually put out a bond every few years. Sequels. Um in in addition to all the reboots as well. And and some of them are really good. Some of them are great. But like for me, I'm not a lot of those franchises I'm not fully bought into, right? I haven't seen all the movies and so I'm not as likely so when it's something that can stand on its own and that does stand on its own, like the ones that came out this weekend, I'm a lot more to be interested and excited sure. about going there. And there is still and I'll continue to say this. The movie there are some pricing issues, but the movie theater experience is better in 2023 than it has been than it has ever been. Those I I cannot I cannot emphasize enough how much those reclining chairs are a game changer for going to a movie. They are great. And the wider aisles. And the wider aisles. It is just it is better than it's ever been to go to the theater. So I'd like to do that more and but you're just at a weird time where so many movies are going straight to streaming or both concurrently that you don't necessarily have to do that and you feel like you're going to save money if you just go the streaming route. Uh, especially if it's free on a service that you already Any have. Any idea when these two are going to be streamed? That's a great question because it's going to... They're gonna, uh, they're gonna probably, in about, probably in about two, two and a half months. I, I don't know for sure. But in about two, two and a half months, you're going to see a whole other reboot of the marketing around these again because yep. they're going to get they're going to get streamed somewhere. I'm not sure if it'll be just something that's available for purchase on Amazon Prime. It, it probably depends on the studios and the rights and and those sorts of things. So there you go. All right. That is it for your morning drive. It's all brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. Grab a break right now. Got Tim Haruza, Mike Schaefer coming up during the 8 o'clock hour. So stick around for that on KLIN. When you're thinking Huskers. But making the catch at the 10. Five. That is a touchdown. Nebraska. Think. 1499.3 KLIN. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground, cause we both. There you go. And uh, real quick, I just got in another new traffic note. Uh, evidently, a, a car into, or I don't know, I'm not uh, in, imputing any fault here, but a StarTran bus in a car uh, had some kind of a collision, 21st and Randolph. Uh, that might be an area that you want to avoid right now. That just in to Time Saver Traffic. So an update there. And with that, we say hello to Tim Haruza, who is uh, joining us as a guest today and will be joining us as a uh as an interim co-host for a couple of days, joining uh, joining me in the studio tomorrow and Wednesday. Good morning, Tim. How are you doing today? I'm well. Happy Monday. Happy yeah. Happy Monday to you. Uh, are you ready for heat indices at one oh one oh five one ten? Are we? Are you still going to yeah, get? Are you going to do your run at three in the morning this week? Uh, no, I've been. Do, I don't know. Yesterday, I did an afternoon run at like two, and it was. Oh man, 
I'm my body's not ready for the heat here. Like typically July, like you end up just slowing down big time and you run and whatever, but I'm not yesterday felt like 20 degrees hotter than what I'm used to. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Well, you think if that was bad, if that was bad, wait till Wednesday and Thursday. We just yeah. spent what all day Tuesday talking about how few ninety degree yep. days we've had in July, and we're going to have a run of nineties and hundreds all week. Yeah. yeah, and and I know there are going to be people who say oh, this is typical summer in Lincoln, Nebraska. Quit your whining, which is true. It's just going to feel it's just going to feel worse. It's going to feel worse because yeah. we got acclimated to such a mild summer right now. Oh man, yeah. I mean, what? Yes, last week, all week. As of today, there's been, what, five days of 90-degree temperatures in, in Lincoln in July. Yes. So 100 degrees is, God, it's 10 degrees warmer, man. Yep. <laughs> not good. Yep. Not good. 20 degrees over 80. So Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, I will, I will gladly complain, and I will say, I, you know, whatever. Um, um, let, let's talk a little bit about the, the news of the day, um, especially the news of Friday, but we haven't been on the air since Friday. Uh, but that was the announcement by the mayor's office on Friday that Police Chief Teresa Ewens would be resigning. Um, I, I, I'm curious, you know, I, there obviously are a lot of questions that come from this. It's a first reaction from a lot of people. Is, why did this happen? You know, what's going on? Um, why the timing when it did happen? It was interesting, as you probably saw in the statement, both both the mayor and Ewens kind of took time. Uh, well, the mayor lauded the accomplishments of the police department under Ewens and kind of their joint accomplishments as mayor and police chief. Ewens complimented very significantly the Lincoln Police Department. Um, but between the lack of any, you know, between the timing, between kind of the 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 reasoning that was or wasn't given, and then the tone of the release. What were what were your first thoughts as you kind of saw this unfold on Friday? Well, I mean, your first your first thought is resigns an interesting choice of a word. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, it doesn't. It just doesn't work like that. But I, it's how politics is, right? So, um, no question that my first response was, well, that finally came to an a head that just couldn't be uh, handled any other way for some right. reason behind the scenes. Um, obviously you had, had the controversy from early last week and maybe that was finally the breaking point, right? Tipping point um, for all of this. And and maybe it truly was a mutual situation, but maybe it also ultimately was, look, it's untenable if I have a, a decision and a direction for where I want the department to go and how I want to handle things in, in the city versus where like, we're able to take things due to whatever political reasons that are out there. Right. And I think, like I said, I don't know how you can't look at the decision to cancel the media availability or make that change as sort of the last straw, if that makes sense. Unless, you know, ultimately, unless there's something else that comes out, right. Um, something else that's just not been made public that happened on Wednesday or Thursday uh, in the wake of that whole thing that either behind the scenes or something unrelated, but you don't want to be speculative. The obvious thing here is like, look, made the change to the media thing. You're sticking with your guns, but clearly there's some political backlash um, from from report from the reporters and, and maybe the public. I mean, I know I know that I've know that I have heard and talked to reporters who aren't super thrilled about it. <laughs> um, the, the Journal Star editorial board went at it. I know you asked the mayor questions last week, so like, 
it's clearly one of those things that just did not go over super well, and they must have just had a real impasse about whether the whether the the chief was going to get to make that call or whether the mayor was going to have some control over it. You know, do, do you think? Do you think? I mean, can you just can, can you leave it where it is with that, and there not be any more information? Is that is that? possible is that wise and again we don't know we don't know the reason so it's hard to you know it's hard to kind of tell what should and shouldn't be released but i think there's going to be people who want more information on this do you think it's likely that we get more information on why this happened exactly i mean not if there isn't any right <laughs> like, like if there's no like i said if there's not some other piece to the puzzle or you know detail in the story between the the media cancellation and the decision on, or the announcement, I guess, the decision was, must have been made before that, but um, the announcement on Friday morning, I I don't think there's any more to be said. I don't know that, I know there's a lot of people like, wow, I didn't see this coming, but I have, I have heard from folks, you know, um, criticisms and concerns from, from everybody, from officers to other political individuals um, involved in city politics and state politics that they've heard from officers and others. It hasn't, it's, the transition to new leadership is always an interesting one. Um, there have been some criticisms. There have been some some higher profile issues that have been handled in different ways. Uh, I mean, even the hire alone came with a, a ton of criticism from both sides. And then I don't know, Jack. It's we're uh, six months removed, seven, not, no, four months removed, <laughs> five months removed from a mayor's race that really focused on the police department right. as at least at least was the it was the one thing that kept coming up as sort of the referendum on reelecting the mayor yeah. Yeah. was look crime in this city is not under control and again i think the voters sort of sort of said no like that's not a compelling enough reason for us to oust the mayor um but the fact that it was the one thing the one thread that kept getting pulled on and tugged on throughout that has to make you wonder if hey there's a series of events and there's a series of the way things are handled and like just gen general confidence in the department that if that's what you're going to criticize me for, and maybe it doesn't matter regardless, but at some point you got to say, look, that's what you're going to criticize me for. I really got to get some leadership in there and, you know, stop these, these sort of spark points or loose, get these loose threads out of there. And Hey, Go figure. We have an announcement that we're gonna we're gonna pull back on some of the community relations and community conversation about what the department's doing. It just doesn't look great. It's one of those optics political decisions that you know the mayor had to make. Apparently. Right. Well, and, and the, I think the ti- I think the thing about the timing though that is so interesting to me is you know on on Friday the chief the then chief a, a week ago before Friday so what uh, ten days ago the chief gets up at the briefing, makes the announcement about, um, you know, pulling back the briefings to three days a week. And, you know, she does that. It's a, it's an announcement about the future. It's kind of explaining that on Wednesday, as you said, mayor came on my show and continued to, when I asked the questions about it, but continued to explain, um, and, and support that decision that was made wherever it was made. Exactly. Tim, that was 48 hours before that was 48 hours before this release came out. So yeah. like, like the, I don't know what that means exactly, but it doesn't, you didn't exactly hear that on Wednesday and think, Oh yeah, this is something that's about to end. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, 
you had your interview with her. The Journal Star editorial was out on the 19th. Is that the same day then? Is that Wednesday? Uh, yeah, whatever yeah. Wednesday would have been. So, yeah, Wednesday was and the so, 19th, yes. It's like I said, I I don't know whether there's something else there. Like, maybe there is, right? There's There's been controversy over, you know, behind the scenes over the department and the the sexual harassment stuff that's been going on in the background. Like, who knows whether there's something else that's going on there. I haven't heard anything about that story. Yeah, that's that's another too. thing, too. So, um, there's still some, and, and, you know, that those allegations, I think, extend beyond the leadership of the current chief and, and back before that, but, but it has not, they haven't been able to, like, crush that discussion or, like, stop it, right, to turn the tide on how that conversation's going and handle <clears throat> um, those issues. So, Unless there's something else out there, and I, I really don't want to speculate because I have no, I'm yeah. not thinking that there necessarily is. But to your point, Jack, like that whole narrative, you know, five or six days of kind of defending it or sticking with it, then you kind of ask questions, and then the Journal Star publishes its um, editorial rebuke. Like maybe they just felt like the conversation was really going in the wrong way surrounding it. And here's the thing, too. There's also probably a conversation where they go back to the chief and say, look, are we, can we change this? Will we, will we pull back? And at some point, you know, she must have said no. <laughs> like, like, no, I'm not going to do that. I mean, I think some of her comments about how we are, we are more open than other cities and all those things probably are how she felt about it. And so maybe at some point she said, look, I'm not going to do that. I don't think it's good for my department. And they find they finally said, "Fine, we're at an impasse." And, and that that could be a big I, big city small town thing, a little bit too. It truly can, right? I mean, I know I know there's a ton of talk when she was hired about the fact that that the chief came from San Francisco or whatever. Like that is a completely different police department, right? Just in terms of size and scope and the number of folks and the types of issues and everything that's going on there, like just how you run things and how, how management operates versus like frontline officers and all that stuff. There's a whole bunch of things that go into those decisions and, and how you feel things should be handled versus how we do things. I mean, Lincoln's a small town. Like I know we got 300,000 people in the city, but it's still a very small town with, uh, you know, folks that care about what's going on in the city and who are paying attention regularly. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. Some of the scrutiny that the, you know, the, the police leadership has gotten, and you, we talked about these, obviously that we talked about access to, to the media, um, some of the allegations from intra department issues that were, were, uh, were going on. Um, you know, even, even at stuff like access to body cam footage, some of the stuff, there's just, there have been critiques, but, but, you know, these are not necessarily some of the thought, right? When, when you politically about this whole thing was, well, you know, coming from San Francisco, it's going to be, it's going to be liberal policing, whatever, whatever that means. And, and I'm, you know, perhaps politically, she, you know, she did, she did lean that way, but at least those problems, at least a handful of the problems that were, uh, articulated by some people are not exactly stereotypical, like liberal policing issues that you would think it's not, well, that's not really being woke, right? Not, closing, not, not closing, cutting off media discussions. Media access. Yeah. That, yeah that, closing that media access is like, right. Is kind of not, isn't necessarily the, uh, <laughs> the open transparent. I don't think that's the stereotype of that people were getting at when they thought of San Francisco police. Right. 
I think that that's probably fair to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's interesting. I, I mean, because there's this narrative out there. I mean, I've, I even had people say that, but I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I don't think it's right, but I don't think that's got anything to do with, you know, at least, you know, liberal politics necessarily. It may have to do with, like with, you said, more with big city versus small town. I, I, I think yeah. that probably is the more... Uh, the more significant thing, at least on on that per- particular particular issue. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I, I know it's hard to hard to predict at all. But how do you th- how different do you think this next f- search feels than the than the one that happened that ended up with Teresa Ewens being here? Well, I mean, I think that's really where that's really where my attention turns. I know, like, I know there's going to be a lot of talk and discussion. Is there something else that comes out? Is there going to be more of the story than the release that was put out on Friday? I don't think so. Um, I guess if I were, if I were handling it on the inside, I probably would just kind of try to move on for a search and I'd make an announcement about how it's going to happen. And um, I think that's really where the focus has to be moving forward is how do we turn the narrative one kind of on, on this chapter in the book on Lincoln police, but then also, as I mentioned, the mayor's coming off of, you know, a department that was very heavily criticized, or at least policies and policing being heavily criticized. And again, I will, I will flat out and like say it's clear, the voters clearly said that wasn't a big issue, but it was the one thing. It seems to be the one thing that kept coming back, which suggests that there's something there. You got to change the conversation surrounding police. So you got to, you got to find the right person somehow. Um, whether that's somebody internal that folks around here know that, you know, kind of understands Lincoln and understands the challenges this community face or whether you kind of do you do a national search what do you like how that all unfolds i think will sort of set the stage for where the conversation surrounding lincoln police goes and um you know the other thing too and this is what i i i've talked occasionally to some folks who talk to officers like i don't not really close with any lincoln police officers but like i wonder how the force handles something like this like maybe maybe it's a really good thing from their standpoint but the other thing i would be really interested to know is how do you make sure that the police force understands that like that you got their back that you're going to you're going to get their input in higher and that's that whoever comes in to handle things moving forward is going to do it with like a mind for the for the force and the officers that are doing the job day to day so um it will be interesting to hear to see like whether the whether the union makes a statement or kind of where they're at and how they handle things forward and whether they can work in partnership with the mayor to find somebody that'll be good for lincoln yeah uh i don't know if there are people willing to do it locally but if there is somebody locally i'm gonna guess i'm gonna guess there's gonna be some serious consideration of that i just don't know if there's anybody who wants to do it and that you know that can be an issue with these jobs too. big job so big tough job we'll see all right hey great conversation we will see you tim is going to be joining me here in studio on tuesday and wednesday we'll break down all kinds of stuff that's going on that morning so looking forward to seeing you here tomorrow tim have a good one all right see you jack there you go tim rizzo He'll be in studio with me tomorrow and Wednesday as we uh, as we continue on to the uh, through Caleb's vacation. It's eight twenty five. We'll take a break. We got a sports coming up next on Lincoln's News and Talk fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes 
only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 836 LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 72 degrees in the capital city. And it is time to say hello to Mike Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. Had to interrupt to get him on the air. Our talk about our upcoming fantasy football season, which nobody wants to hear. But we say nonetheless hello to Mike. Good morning, Mr. Schaefer. How are you doing today? I am doing well. We're uh, I think at this time next week... Um, we will we'll be fully into the fall camp mode. It'll yes. have started, I believe, first day of practice, uh, July thirty first. So I was uh, I was just telling my wife this yesterday. Like I'm I'm ready for football season in a way that I'm normally not at this point in the summer. Huh. But I I think it's because I'm sort of dreading this next month of like we're going to discuss this football team, kind of like we know what they are, but we really have yeah. no idea what yeah. they're going to be, and we have another month of waiting. Uh, to, to kind of figure that out. So I'm, I'm like ready to, to get this thing rolling because I, I'm, I'm ready to be past those conversations and into the very delightful week in and week out referendums of how good this team is. That is what I am looking it's, forward to. It's really funny that you said, because I was actually going to ask you a question about that to start off today because I get very impatient this time of year, especially when there's not much for sports on TV and my, you know, I obviously don't watch major league baseball after about the first week of the season. Can we we briefly point out they're 28 and 72. So if they won their (laughs) next 60 games, it may not even be enough to win the division at 88. Probably this year it would be, but man, (laughs) and that's amazing. Incredible. It's amazing because they're in a terrible division, historically bad division. division. But yeah, so I got so I get very impatient. But I know football season means you know a, a lot of work changes and you know different schedule and and more work for you. So I thought you may have a more mixed sort of anticipation for football season. No, I'm getting ready started. for it. I like I, part of it is that uh, you know this this happens whenever there's a coaching change. But I just have no idea what this is going to look like. And I just we've talked about it a ton, and they've recruited well, and like. Everything has gone well in this transition so far, except they haven't yet played a game. So how well has it really gone? So I, yeah. I find myself more impatient than usual uh, because I'm, I'm ready for that. I also uh, am staring down the, the barrel of what the weather looks like this week. <laughs> I'm ready for the 10 minutes of crisp autumn air that we're going to get before it becomes dry and cold and miserable. Yep. Uh, you know, but those 10 minutes of crisp autumn air, that's what I live for every year. I agree. Couple of days like that. Yep. Oh, it's just wonderful. It is. It. I agree. I agree. Favorite favorite season overall. You mentioned it, and I think you're exactly right. Just about the lack of the, the you're going to have people trying to talk intelligently, probably including you and me, uh, about this team. Um, and that that happens every year. And there's always question marks. But man, Mike, I've never gone in. I mean, just all over the board from from. You know how these schemes are going to do in the big day, what the schemes are going to be, especially on offense. You know who the quarterback is exactly, and I don't know mean which person it is, but who he is exactly. To where is the top talent on this team? Do I have any idea right now? It's just like the amount. Anybody who feels like they've got a good handle on this team right now, I don't really believe them. And and, and then that doesn't even mention how the new coaching staff, how the new coach impacts and changes things this year 
Yeah, it's it's kind of fun because there's this mode of football that we that we get into where it's like you know a coach and you know his tendencies and you know kind of what they're going to do. And so for several years, it's a pivotal third down. You know Adrian's going to keep it on kind of a a quarterback you know keeper out of the shotgun. Like what in in the first true key situation, critical. You need four yards, third and four. Like, what does that look like with Jeff Sims? What does Matt Rule call? What does this offense go to? Like, those are the sort of things that, like, I'm excited to get into that because I think it's going to tell us a lot about what to expect moving forward, but we don't have any idea right now, and that's so weird. Um, And this happens, again, whenever you have these transitions, but it just feels really weird because not only is the coach going to be different, they changed out 40 scholarship players on the roster. So the roster is dramatically different. I mean, schematically, we have no idea what they're going to run on either side of the ball. We have a general understanding of they want to work in the running game and they want to play off the, you know, play action passing and, and all of that. Uh, and they're going to run a three three five, but we don't really know what version of a three three five. Right. Their three three five can have four down linemen, which defeats the whole idea of the three three five. So yada yada yada. I mean, there's just so much that we don't we don't have a great understanding of. We don't know who's going to end up being good out of these teams. Yes. Like, our assumption is Luke Reimer's the best defensive player or Quentin Newsom's the best defensive player. But what if we live in a world where Isaac Gifford just goes bananas and has, like, seven takeaways right. in this three three five defense because he's sort of the perfect tweener fit for that second and third level where it seems like he's never going to come off the field. Like, there's just there's so much excitement because this season can be anything. And we kind of need that around here because going into last year, it felt like you were just lining yourself up for a funeral. You didn't know what day of the week the funeral was going to be. You didn't know when it was going to be. But you knew you were putting on your black suit and you were marching into the stadium because at some point this thing was going to die. Right. And we don't have that feeling this year. And so I'm trying to enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah. Like among the questions, I mean, I, I just throw out a few questions that I've got, and I know you don't necessarily you don't have the answers necessarily, but I'm just curious your reaction and if you have those questions too. Is like, first of all, is is who is you, you know? Obviously, it was Trey Palmer last year, and I don't even mean who's the deep threat, but who is the guy that you feel most confident in in that offense when you know when you need a play? It's been you know it's been somebody like Amir Abdullah in the past. Obviously, it's been Trey Palmer at times. It's been the quarterback at times. Who who the heck is that going to be in this offense, right? I'm going rem- to remove Jeff Sims because I think it's a more interesting question when you think of the pieces around him because obviously a lot is going to be expected of Jeff Sims. Right. But I'm going to remove him, and so we're just focusing on the other position players. I think it, for me it starts and stops with Billy Kemp. Like I, the experience that he has, just even the couple plays in the spring game, and I know it's the spring game, but you can just see that he could be a kind of a dangerous guy on some of those short yardage catches and he can work himself open. Uh, you know, I'm envisioning sort of a Wes Welker type, Julian Edelman. You know, I, I like that's a, I, I don't think this is going to be a super explosive spread it out offense, but I think it could be really dangerous in certain situations. And I, I think Billy Kemp's going to be a tough guy for people to cover. Like, mm-hmm. I think they'll scheme up ways uh, to get him open. They'll play him in, in a variety of areas on the field, uh, and they'll find ways to utilize him. And he's, he's had the most success. So I start with Billy Kemp you're looking for kind of a dark horse, um, you know, you've certainly got those two wide receivers in, in Xavier Betts and in, um, in Isaiah Garcia-Castaneda, but I would go to the running back spot. Every conversation I have right now about running back is Anthony Grant or Gabe Irvin. Mm-hmm. 
Can I remind you about a guy who two years ago against the college football playoff team had the best game of his career and at times was the most important person on the field for Nebraska? Ramir. Ramir Johnson. Yeah. But can we get that version of Ramir Johnson back? The one where you're throwing him passes out of the backfield and he's just torching linebackers because yeah. they can't run with them? The version of him where you're opening it up on the, the inside because he, as I think Matt Rule has already said this, or EJ Barcel has already said this, he's the best inside runner on the team. Like, Last year was was a nothing burger for Amir Johnson, and that was disappointing. It doesn't have to be that way this year. He's one of those guys that I'm just like, I'm whatever is talked about. I'm just going to ignore it until we see what his role is on the field. But I think he can do a lot more than he did in 2022. The the weird the other thing about this team that just kind of goes to the entire theory that we're putting forward about being unsure about what there is is there's so many individual players where you realistically talk about what their ceiling and what their floor is that gap is huge right you just yeah. again you just don't know I can rattle off a, I can rattle off a bunch of I mean Jeff Sims for one obviously I would say Xavier Betts is another one I think our conversation last week about Teddy Prohaska makes him yep. another one of those I think M J Sherman is one of those Thomas. Doni is one of those, right? If Eric Gilbert would play, he'd be one of those. I'm probably missing some guys. I mean, you, do, I mean, do you agree? Like the high is really high and the low is really low, and neither of them seem super. Un, I mean, neither of them seem like you're you're exaggerating those potentials. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot of uh, low ceiling, high floor type guys that that are in the offensive uh, in the offensive run of things. I mean, you could argue maybe Dave Irvin and, and Marcus Washington, you have a pretty good idea of, of what their top end would look like. But even then, Dave Irvin, we haven't really seen him healthy and right. at his best uh, in a season. So it, it'd be hard to say that. I think Marcus Washington's going to be a really solid number two wide receiver. Uh, I think that's reliable. But he could also be a guy in the red zone with his size that maybe he walks away with like an eight or ten touchdown season because they're working him the ball in the red zone and they're using – uh, Billy Kemp between the 20s, or you have a tight end in that same role. I mean, a Nate Borkercher, who everybody is, yep. is ready to just sort of bury for, for Gilbert and Fedoni, but Borkercher could be their best tight end because A, he's healthy, B, he's played, and C, I mean, you have two different staffs that really, really like him. So there's, there's definitely a lot of uh, wild range of outcomes here, but I think that kind of makes sense when you sort of have a collection of players and you don't yet have an established team and then you, you also have a new system, so you don't really know how these pieces are going to be used in it. I mean, there's still this, like, hair-brained idea I have in my head, Jack, where Nebraska is going to get inside the red zone, and every so often Heinrich Harburg is going to come on the field, and they're going to have their own sub-package to start running the option out of that because teams aren't going to be able to just defend it on the fly, and then you can run your normal offense in it, too. Like, there's, there's a lot of ways for them to be creative with the parts that they have, that has me really interested to see, like, okay, from week to week, they can throw a wrinkle in here that teams just aren't going to be ready for. Yeah. Here's another question I have. How quickly has Janarian Bonner become a, a household name because well, because of the position on, that he'll be playing? On the message board, he's already, you know, highly regarded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for those who people, don't know, he, yeah. he, lo- he looks like he would be one of the guys, if they use a fullback, would be right. maybe the first guy they would do. And it, it looks like he had a pretty good post-spring in terms of working out. People are already commenting on his physique. And, you know, we're, we're in that portion of the summer where any sort of workout photos come out. You get the, the guys get their magnifying glasses out and identify <laughs> which muscles have been increased and, and which ones haven't. And it's always very awkward to me. But, uh, yeah, Janira Bonner is, is certainly one of those. And he's, 
He's a guy again that could be, you know, part of like a sub package guy. Like, yeah. what if you're running the triple option with a former receiver, a Carney quarterback, you know, a Carney Catholic quarterback in a sub package, and then like Anthony Grant back there? Like, you, you could have some really interesting formations and utilize players in a, in a wildly different way. I mean, there's going to be times where people forget about Bonner, who again played wide receiver and he can run some routes Jeez. on linebackers. Like, there's. There's some utilization here that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's kind of like if you went into the Madden or NCAA football and you like you specifically went into to, to the play set and you put different players in different roles to sort of highlight their speed or whatever. Like I used to do this back when I was mm-hmm. really dorky. And you know, it was great. <laughs> People couldn't stop you. All of a sudden you got a 99 speed tight end going up the scene. Good luck with that, Stacey. Right. Yep. Yeah, we'll 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 say. Well, it reminds me of Kyler Reed a little bit, you know, and when he was a tight end and he was doing that, he looked like a wide receiver when when he was at Nebraska. Uh, do you think? Just speaking of wide receivers, by the way, do you think you know? You kind of talk about that that core. Obviously, you mentioned Camp, Betts, uh, and then Washington and Garcia Castaneda are the guys with experience, and they're I think without question going to be in that that first line of receivers. Do you think they'll need to go deeper than that? And do you think they'll? I mean, are there other guys on the roster? You think some of these true freshmen might have a shot at being a part of that rotation, or can they stay pretty, pretty close to that that top four with those? I'd be surprised. I mean, I think Malachi Coleman is certainly going to try to push uh, as best he can. Jaden Goss is someone that we forget about a lot because he's not uh, he's not one of the track guys like Coleman or Turner or Boyd um, or uh, who's the other one, Jeremiah Charles, I think. So um, you know, but you you got Jaden Goss who could be a, an interesting sort of piece who, when he was being recruited, the previous staff told him he's a lot like Debo Samuel. So add another player that can kind of slide around the field. You could line him up as a running back at times or send him in motion from the slot and give him the ball on the, the end arounds. And he's got the ability to kind of run like a, a running back. So I, I think your freshman wide receivers, Coleman and Doss are the two that I would sort of keep an eye on. But there's another part of me that when you have a guy like Bryce Turner with that speed or even a Jalen Lloyd, like, again, we see the Rams sort of do this under Sean McVay where they take a guy like Tutu Atwell who's just really fast, and they have a player to a game where it's just like, okay, we'll see how fast your your over-the-top coverage is. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm speaking to you here, but there could be a bomb-the-ball formation. Yes. Man, I sure enjoyed that last year. I know it wasn't a great year. I know the coach got fired. I know there weren't a lot of wins, but I sure appreciated that about last year. You know, if if they had won that Purdue game, that would have been the ultimate Jack Mitchell playbook plan. Right yes, there. correct. Just chuck it deep until they can stop it. That's correct. Very much correct. Um, so we're going to hear, I won't talk to you again until we hear from Matt Rule and, and Big Ten. Obviously, Big Ten media days will have happened. I know last time around, Big Ten media days weren't that informational for Nebraska fans. Um, Great opening I, statement. I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to go back and relitigate that, but, but how much do you think? You, I mean, Rule obviously is going to have a lot to say. He likes to talk. He'll, you know, I, I don't think that's something. But um, I, I don't know how ready. How much do you think you're going to be writing stories about new information that we've got after Thursday? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really curious if we're getting a lot of uh, platitudes, if we're getting actual, you know, if he's drilled down upon, if they have their their five guys on their offensive line, if he's willing to talk about that yet, or if he's willing to talk about you know, where certain things are at, like how close that running back competition is between Irvin and Grant. I don't know that we're going to get a lot of specifics. I mean, I would imagine he's going to utilize this opportunity to kind of sell his vision of what Nebraska can be. 
Uh, I, we, we know that, that, um, Coach Rule is, is pretty smart about seeking these opportunities, when to speak, what to say. You know, it's going to be a kind of a thought out thing, I'm sure. And I don't look for us to get a lot of, you know, nuts and bolts. But the other part of that is it's hard for him to really know because, again, he just had that one spring. So they're going to be very much in, in fact-finding and information-finding mode uh, when fall camp rolls around because kind of like us, they have their hunches, and they certainly have been around it a lot closer. But no one has a full concept yet of what this is actually going to look like, coaches included. Yeah. Man, just on an aside here, I really love this time of year where we can talk about things like who's going to, you know, what the what the rotation is going to be at uh, on the field and what's going to and we're not talking about assistant coaching hires and we're not talking about the the arguments that we're all getting into on the message boards or on Twitter. We're actually talking about football and players and and football and actual football. That's what that what makes makes me happy this year. You? You sound like a guy who won't have a segment for your tailgate show that includes you creating metrics for new coaches. <laughs> no, that's correct. I'm very excited not to have that. I love the fact that you and I are breaking down who might be the fifth wide receiver. That's the kind of content that I'm ready for this time of year, and I'm excited that you can you can have that conversation with me as well. So that is, that is very important. By the way, Colorado, real quick, Colorado sold out uh, that game. If you had to guess... And I know you're going to be at both of them. Where is there more red in Minneapolis or Boulder when you look at the stands? Ooh, um, Boulder. Boulder? Minnesota, Minnesota's done a pretty good job filling its stadium the last couple times Nebraska's gone up there. Now, granted, that was 2019 and, and uh, 2021, so yeah. um, those weren't great years for Nebraska, and, and Minnesota in 2019 was – was a fantastic team. So uh, I would guess Boulder. Um, it's been on the schedule. People have been preparing for it. And then there's that whole half of the state that Josh Peterson likes to ignore, where Boulder is <laughs> That's closer true. to them in some regards than Lincoln is. That's a good point. Uh, That's a very good point. And so, you know, I, I know a bunch of people that are, are just planning on going out there, and if they get scalp tickets, they'll do that too. So I, uh, I would imagine we're going to see a fair amount of red in that stadium, regardless <sighs> of what uh, – Coach Prime and, and Colorado tries to do. It's going to be fun. I mean, I remember the pictures last time around when they when Nebraska played there, and it looked like it was going to be a huge party, mm-hmm. and then then it what? Then there was a flea flicker. So you have you ever been out there? Yeah. I've never. I mean, I've been to Boulder, but not for a game. Right. All right. So. Yeah, that's uh, add that to your list of things that you want to do at some point. I mean, it's a beautiful yeah. campus. It's a great. It's a great setting for oh. football. I mean, it's a, it's a. You know, I mean, obviously, I don't have to tell any Nebraska fans. Like, that's a fantastic 90s rivalry with an incredible set of games. You just start looking through the 1990s, and every Nebraska-Colorado game is is pretty memorable. I'd actually like to be out there, like, this next week instead of September, though, to be honest. But that'd be a good yeah, time well, to be hey, in the mountains. I'm going to a bachelor party up in, uh, up in Breckenridge, so I'm happy to get uh, away from this for the weekend. Lucky. All right. Well, good. Uh, appreciate your time, Mike. Great conversation. I enjoyed it. We'll be having more of these as we get going, and uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday. All right? All right. Sounds good. Have him. a great week. Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7. All right. We'll take a break. Wrap it up for this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. So I had this idea that I announced earlier in the show that request line Friday, given what you heard there about the heat, it might be a it might be a you know fun idea for request line Friday to do songs that cool you off, kind of making that 
open to interpretation. And I can already, I can already tell there are people who are going to take this the uh, a direction where we're playing Christmas or Christmas adjacent music. And I have no, I have zero desire to do that. So don't, I mean, please, for for my sake, for your sake, for the city's sake, please do not pick Christmas adjacent music. Uh, you can interpret it however you want, but. I don't know, just something something that kind of feels cool, not cold and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Something that feels cool. Imagine it as uh, auditory audio air conditioning, essentially, right? The, the, that's, that's the idea. So we'll see how that goes. But again, nobody wants, nobody wants your Christmas songs. I don't want it. Nobody does. So there you go. Uh, we'll be doing that on Friday. Still got plenty of time until then. Tim Hurst is going to be in with me yesterday. We'll talk to Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska. Uh, we'll have uh, Jason Ball in as well, John Baylor. So busy Tuesday for you, and we will talk to you then. It is 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. From the Momo Pizzeria 